it's good to see you tonight. Uh, we're continuing our series, Through Him, For Him. The whole basis of this series is that everything that has been created has been created through Him. You have been created through Him, meaning God, Jesus. And the whole point of your creation is so that you can live for Him. And so we've been going through this uh, series. And so uh, before we get on to what we're going to talk about tonight, um, I'm going to throw a few words on the screens. And uh, I want you to, uh, uh, to uh, tell me what the word says, okay? And so uh, you can all partake. Uh, it's not just silently reading it. Actually, like, vocalize. I know sometimes at Generation, we don't like to vocalize much. But I want you to tell me, how would you say uh, this word? Vitamin. 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 I would say, you got it, vitamin. You say vitamin, I say vitamin. How about this word here? Aluminum. I would say Aluminium. Yeah, that's what I would say. When I look at that word, I say aluminium. Okay, how about this word? How would you say this word? <laughs> the British wannabes in the, in the audience tonight. You would say privacy. When I read that, I read privacy. How would you say this? <laughs> I told you, British wannabes. You would say schedule, and I would say, no, you would say schedule. <laughs> You're going all confused. Just read it out as it is, right? I would say schedule, right? Okay, this one, I'm going to get you on this one. How would you say this word? Eight, right? I look at it, and I says et. Et, I et. Not I ate, I et. How would you say this word? Garage, garage. I would say garage. That's how I would say garage, garage. How would you say this? Water. Americans don't know how to say this word. Water, water, water. <laughs> I would say water, water, okay? Water. How would you say this word? Mobile, Alabama, right? I would say mobile, right? Mobile. You would say mobile. I would say mobile. How would you say this word? Advertisement. Do you know how I would say it when I read that? Ad advertisement. Advertisement. We have advertisements on the television, on the telly. Okay. Last one. How would you say this word? Herb. I would say herb. A herb, we have herbs in our, in our cooking. Herb. Isn't it funny how you can have a word and you say it one way, I say it another way. It's just that the English language is funny. I'm not sure if other languages are the same. I know in Spanish, because my wife, her first language is Spanish, they say words a little differently, and uh, they all make fun of each other about how they say the words. But isn't it funny? The words that we speak, we can say in different ways, but it still means the same thing. See, the words we speak are so important. It's how we communicate. We speak things. And, and, and in the English language, the English language is so hard to learn, 
If, if it's a second language to someone, it's hard to learn because there can be multiple words that are spelt exactly the same and said the same but mean things totally different. And if you've ever been out to the Inner Harbor, I, I, I love Baltimore for all the bad press it sometimes gets. I love going to Baltimore. And uh, often uh, we don't like to pay for parking, so we'll park in Little Italy. You get three hours free parking on the road. And then we'll walk over to the Inner Harbor. As you're walking there, you're going by like Pier what? Pier, pier 4, Pier 5 or whatever. And you walk, and then there's all these stones on the floor. And they're stones with words written on them. I don't know if you've seen them, but they are what you call homonyms, right? And what they are, there's all these words that are written two by two, and you say them exactly the same, but they mean something totally different. The English language is just very strange. The right word said in the wrong place or the wrong tone can have devastating effects on a conversation or even a relationship. So when you go to the supermarket tomorrow and you want to find the aluminum foil, right? I guarantee if you go and say to someone, where is the aluminum foil? They're going to have no idea what, what it is. I'm from England and we don't eat very much Mexican food in England. So one time when we were newly married, Raquel said to me, she said, can you go to the supermarket and get some refried beans? I had never known what refried beans were before, so I'm going around looking for green fried beans. And I ask a lady, where are the green fried beans? She goes, I don't know. And she's searching everywhere. I don't see any green fried beans. I know where the refried beans are. And I'm like, yeah, where, where are those as well? I need those as well. See, the English language, we can get confused with words. Words are powerful. They have the power to build up. They also have the power to tear down. They have the ability to create a good atmosphere. They also have the ability to create a bad atmosphere. Words can make friends, but words can also create enemies. That is the power of the words that roll off your tongue. Just think of the power of your words. They bring into existence what is in your head. Some of you bring them into existence before you've even checked it in your head first. But still, they bring into existence what is in your head, what is in your mind. They bring to life what is in your heart. Words have the ability to create a narrative and to tell a story. And each of us has been gifted with the power to use words whether it is correctly or incorrectly. Whether you say water or you say water. It doesn't matter. You've been gifted with the ability to speak and use words. And so when God created Adam and Eve, well, he created Adam and then he crafted Eve out of Adam's body. The model that God used when he created Adam and Eve was this. The model was the image of God, right? He he, he didn't go through like, you know, trying to find different patterns and and say, well, I'm going to make him a little like a giraffe or a little like an elephant or a little like a snake. Uh, I'm not going to make him like a dog. When God created the pattern for human beings, the pattern was the image of God. 
When God looked in the mirror, that's what he was thinking of when he created Adam and Eve. The, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 20, uh, chapter 1 and verse 26, it says there, it says, let us create humans in our image to be like us. That's what God said. And it's, I think it's always funny when you're reading Genesis and it's like God and he's saying to be like us. I honestly think talking about the triune God, God is talking about the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit even before there was a mention of a Son or the Spirit. And while you are not God, and so even though you're made in the image of God, I've got news for you tonight. You're not God. I'm sorry you're not God. But you're not God. But there are attributes of God within you. And the first attribute we see of God in the Bible is the spoken word. The Bible starts with the phrase, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then it says this, the earth was without form or void. And then the third sentence of Genesis chapter 1 tells us this. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. The first attribute of God we see is that God is speaking the world into existence. God is displaying something amazing that no other created thing or being is able to do. That is to speak things into existence. The amazing thing about God, God doesn't have to just form something with his hands. He doesn't have to grow something for it to exist. God can just speak something into existence. That's the amazing thing about God. But the amazing thing about God is he has this attribute of being able to speak and he has passed this attribute to us as human beings. Made in the image of God, we can speak. Just by using your tongue to talk, you have the ability to speak things into existence. Now, don't go home tonight and say, let there be light and expect there to be light or darkness, or whatever. You're not going to say, let there be a giraffe, and suddenly there's a giraffe in your you know, room, in your house. Not a good idea. It ain't going to work. But you still have the power within you to speak things into existence. There's actually a mandate in the Bible for this. It's found in Matthew chapter 18, uh, in verses 18 and 19. Jesus is asking his disciples, who do you say I am? Some say I'm a prophet. Some say I'm John the Baptist. But who do you say I am? And Peter says that you are the Christ, the Messiah. And Jesus turns to him and says, Peter, you are right. No one told you this. The Spirit of God revealed this to you. And then Jesus said this to Peter. He says that, that I will give you the keys of heaven. On, on Peter, on you, I will build my church. The gate of Hades will not prevail against it. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And what Jesus is giving here, he is telling Peter, through your words that you speak, you have the ability to bind or to loose. We have the responsibility to use our words the way God desires us to use them. We have been given the power to speak through him so that we can speak 
for him. That's the power of your words. God has given you the ability to speak so that you can speak for him. The Bible says this, that if no one else will praise me, God says, the very rocks will cry out. We've been given the ability to speak and communicate for him. So then if that's the case, if we are to speak like Jesus spoke, how do we speak? How should we use our words? And our words should create a narrative. They should set the tone. They are the thermostat that sets the temperature of the atmosphere. Ever been in a room where someone's just got a bad attitude and their words just cut the atmosphere and you're just like, wow, that was cold, right? If you've got teenagers, it may happen a lot. You know, I don't know. I know in the office I work, there are some people who just cut the atmosphere with their words. But then there's other people that you speak to them and suddenly it's like the room just warms up with the words that they speak. And so if we are believers of Jesus, we need to speak like Jesus. We need to live like Jesus. We need to use our words for what Jesus would have us use our words. So today what I want to do just very quickly is just to give you a couple of things, couple of pointers, how we should use our words. The things that we should be saying. And the first one is this, is to allow your words to give life. Allow your words to give life. If you have your Bibles, if you want to turn to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. Proverbs 18 and verse 21. This is what this says. I love this proverb. It says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. It's not a good thing. Talking about people who just like to chatter, chatter, chatter. Gossip, they'll reap the consequences. But there the Proverbs is telling us this. The tongue can bring death or it can bring life. That's a pretty bold statement. Your words can bring death or life. If that's true, and the Proverbs is true, then your words have power. Your words probably have more power than you think that they have. They can bring death or life. In fact, this proverb is in line with what the Gospels say about the life of Jesus. And so if you have your Bibles and you want to turn to John chapter 1, John chapter 1, and we're going to start reading at verse 1, it says this. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. That's in alignment with this whole series. Everything has been created through Him, through God. It says this in verse 4. The Word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it John uses the phrase the word the word see that says the word gave life 
to everything. He is referring to God as the Word. Now, if you're a scholar amongst us uh, and, and, and you like theology, then the real translation, the Greek word here is the, the logos. The logos. The logos is here. In the beginning was the logos. The logos is, is the true meaning here. What this means, it means the divine command of God. So in the beginning was the divine command of God, the spoken word of God. And everything was given life through the command of God. Notice that Jesus is in John has been referred to as this word. Jesus is who John is referring to. This command of God's voice. And it is Jesus who is choosing to give life. Notice that John doesn't say that the word gave life and death. Just says the word gave life. For when Jesus speaks, Jesus gives life. And as humans made in the image of God, we have the ability to bring life into a situation or death into a situation. Life into a relationship or death into a relationship. Life into a church or death into a church. Life into our workplace or death into our workplace. And if we want to be like Jesus, then we need to speak life. Speak life. And as believers of Jesus... If we want to be like Jesus, we need to be people who speak life. Think about your conversations today or this week. Have there been ones that have given life? Given life to dreams, given life to passions, given life to a calling, given life to maybe a situation that you thought was dying. The words of life, have we given life to our kids, life to our spouse, life to our friends, life to Debbie Downer at work. It means what to give life. It means we need to speak faith. Speak into existence things as though they were. We need to speak against our fear and speak as God would and speak in life. Allow your words to give life. The second thing, if we want to be like Jesus, we need to allow our words to bring love, joy and peace. You can add hope there as well. I feel like hope's missed out. But allow your words to bring love, joy, and peace. While it's important for us to speak life, it's just as important that our words be ones of love. Our words can build up relationships or destroy relationships. They can light up a passion in someone's soul or they can pour water on the fire within their hearts. They can overwhelm people with fear or they can speak calm, serenity and peace in the middle of the storm. One, the first epistle of Peter, chapter 3. Start reading at verse 8. This is what Peter says. Finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tender-hearted, and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't, re, don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay back 
with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do and he will grant you his blessing. For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right and his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Peter here is saying, don't use your words for evil. Don't use your words to to speak against people. If someone comes against you, Peter says, speak a blessing. That's tough, right? When someone tells you to do something and, or, or they come to you and, and, and they just verbally vomit right all over you. You know those people in your life who sometimes do that and you just want to wring their neck and you want to say something back to them. Peter says, instead, speak blessing. That's some pretty deep stuff. Because we have to be pretty mature in our faith and know who Jesus has called us to be and know that, uh, 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 that it doesn't matter what man says against us, it's all what Jesus thinks about us in order to be able to do that. But Peter is saying, you need to speak blessing. If we are Jesus people, then our words should be ones that bring peace and not insult. How you talk about someone how you talk to someone and how you talk with someone speaks volumes about how Jesus is changing you. If your mouth is full of cussing or vulgar words, the Bible is very clear that your heart is vulgar. And we live in a kind of postmodern world, right? where you get a lot of Christians who think, it's okay to cuss. I can cuss. I don't care, you know. It's like, like I've got grace, you know. It's like, this isn't the 60s anymore. I can cuss. I can do whatever I want. It's, it's the heart. But the Bible says that out of your heart, the mouth flows. If your mouth is full of cussing, if your mouth is full of vulgarity, then that's what's in your heart. It's what's in your heart. And so, as believers of Jesus, we need to be people who speak love. We need to be people who speak peace and people who speak joy. When you think like Jesus, you start to speak like Jesus. Jesus uses words to control the atmosphere. And the atmosphere around Jesus was one of love, joy, and peace. So I have a question for you. You have the power to control the atmosphere. Which atmosphere do you want to create? What atmosphere do you want to create? In your home, what's the atmosphere that you want to create? In your workplace, what's the atmosphere? Amongst your friends, in your relationships, with your kids, what is the atmosphere you want to create? Your words have the ability to speak life or death. They have the ability to speak love, joy, and peace. Allow your words 
to be words of love, joy, and peace. And then finally, allow your words to build his kingdom. Allow your words to build his kingdom. God did not create us in his image with the ability to speak just so that we could be mini gods, right? Just doing whatever we want to do. Speaking to people how we want to speak, communicating how we want to speak. He gave us the privilege of being able to speak things into existence, whether it be life or death for his very purposes, for him. Remember, you were created through him and for him. And the for him part of this is to help build his kingdom. When Jesus gave, us, gave the power to Peter to bind and to loose, remember, whatever you bound on earth shall be bound in heaven and I'll give you the power to loose on earth. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Why did he do that? It was for the kingdom of God. It was for God's kingdom. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians gives a really great example of how we should use our words for the kingdom of God. He says this in Ephesians 4, starting at verse 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead... Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. I know sometimes, especially Monday mornings, I, this needs to be my prayer, right? Spirit, renew my attitude. Renew my attitude as you're driving on 95 in the morning. Spirit, renew my attitude. Keep telling yourself that. And he says this, put on your new nature. Created to be like God Truly righteous and holy. That's an amazing truth right there. That because you come to Jesus and recognize him as Lord and Savior and King, you get a new nature to be like God. Truly righteous and holy. Paul continues. Stop telling lies. Tell us, let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all part of the same body. Don't, let, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. I've been on this earth over 40 years. I'm still working on this one. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quick stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Then he says this, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So our words have the ability to give life or death they have the ability to speak love, joy, and peace. They also have the ability to be an encouragement to others. As a church, we come together and meet together to equip and encourage each other. I encourage you to encourage each other. Paul continues, And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit, 
by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, granting that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Then he says this, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. How do we be kind? It starts with speaking kind words. How do we forgive? We forgive by speaking forgiveness. Forgiveness is always spoken before it's felt. How are we tender-hearted? To be sensitive with the words that we say to one another. When you use your words for good, Words of forgiveness, words of encouragement, words of kindness, words of love, words of truth, words of goodness. What is happening is you are bringing into existence in your friendships, in your relationships, in your places of work, in your school, in your home, the kingdom of God. That's what's happening. When you start speaking life and speaking encouragement and kindness... It may, you may not even feel God in that moment, but what you are doing, you are bringing the kingdom of God into that very place. Paul tells us in Ephesians 4 that harsh, angry, bitter words, words of lies and slander bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's these words that tear down the kingdom. When God has called us to build up his kingdom. Your words can build up or they can tear down. What will you choose? If we are to be like Jesus, then we need to be mindful. We need to be mindful of how our words should always bring in and build up the kingdom in our world. That is the ability that you have. I was reading an article a couple of months ago just about how to speak to kids. Because if there's anything that makes your blood boil and words of harshness and anger and rage, it is a four-year-old who thinks he knows everything. The other night, for some reason, he just didn't want to go to bed. Anyone experience that with their kids, you know? Put him down, hear the door opening. I need to go pee, right? Close the door. Two seconds later, I had a nightmare. I'm like, no, you didn't. You didn't even go to sleep. Close the door. Ten seconds later, I'm hot. I'm like, okay, take your blanket off a little. Twenty seconds later, I'm cold. I like to see myself as a patient person. I'm not sure if I live with a patient person, if you catch my drift. I'm downstairs, next thing I know, I hear this. Raquel is not best pleased. She's shouting at him. 
And she had all the authority and the right in the world to shout at him because he was just playing up. And he hadn't been the best behaved kid that day. But I came upstairs, I was like, babe, just go back to sleep. Just go back to bed. I'll deal with it. You know, I'll be the man. But what was going on in my mind, I'd read an article a few months before of how we should not be angry or shout at our kids at night because it affects their sleep. And we all know what happens when the kids don't sleep. The next day is even worse than the day of, right? And so I just came and I knelt down and I hugged him. And I said, Evan, I said, buddy, we just got to go to sleep. And I says, I'll just stay with you for a little bit, okay? And in my anger, because he had just wound us up just a little too much that day, it was like deep breath in, deep breath out. I'm going to speak words of kindness and love. And he went to sleep. I'm not sure how it went the next day. I went to work. You know, (laughs) but it reminded me of this. If we speak words of harshness to each other, we're affecting the kingdom of God in their lives. We're tearing down what God is trying to build up. And there are time, there is times for truth, and there is times uh, 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 to to have a harsh word. I believe that there are times. But the model of Jesus is to speak in love, tender-hearted kindness. For your words set the atmosphere, either an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit is squeezed out or an atmosphere that is primed for the Holy Spirit to thrive and do his work. Have your conversations this week been conversations that have bred faith and conversations that have let the Holy Spirit thrive or they've been conversations of fear or conversations that have tore down the kingdom of God. I want to ask you tonight, what do you need to speak into existence in your life? In your family, with your kids, in your marriage, in your workplace, in your home, what do you need to speak out Maybe they're words of encouragement, words of love, words of peace, words of joy. Because this is what I know. We have been called through him to build the kingdom for him. Tonight we were singing a couple of songs just before we came into this part of the service. And the theme was, we know who we are in Jesus Christ for who he has called us to be. See, this is what Jesus has used his words to do. He's used his words to call you son, daughter. He's used his words to call you forgiven, restored. He's used his words to call you heir to the kingdom of God. He's used his words to call you bold and strong. He's used his words to call you man of faith, woman of faith. He's used his words to call you friend. Words of life. How will we use our words? Let's bow our heads in prayer.
That's why your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. We're going to, in a moment, finish in worship. One more worship song. But before we do that, I just want to spend just a couple of just moments with you asking the Lord God help me to speak words of life help me to speak words of love joy and peace I would like you tonight to just ask God help me to speak words that build up your kingdom Because you've been created in the image of God for God. And in your mouth, in your tongue, you have more power than you would ever even understand. But tonight in this room, we have the ability to speak life into dead situations. We have the ability to speak love where there is hatred. We have the ability to speak joy where there is sorrow. We have the ability to speak faith, I mean speak peace and faith where there is fear and anxiety. We have the ability to speak His kingdom language where so many are trying to tear down the kingdom. And so Father God in this place tonight we ask you, help us to speak as Jesus would speak. To use our mouth and our tongue for you, Jesus. That we would use our tongue in praise so the very rocks won't cry out. God, we will use our tongue to speak kindness and gentleness and tender-heartedness in a world that is unkind and insensitive. Father, we pray, Lord, tonight that you will help us to use our words to speak faith and not fear. Father, you said that we don't have to worry about a thing. He said to look at the birds of the air and the lilies of the fields and not to worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough worries about itself but that you will supply our every need. And so God, we speak words of faith tonight, not fear. And God, as we speak life into our families, into our home, into our kids, into our marriages, into our workplaces, into our schools. Father, we pray that life will spring up. And what has been dead or dormant, God, will start to have the breath of life come into it. And so, Father, tonight help us to have the mind and the heart and the voice of Jesus. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now let's stand and let's praise Him. The Bible says if we won't, the very rocks will cry out to Him. So let's sing a song of praise to Him tonight.